0: Hey guys, so Matt Barnes and Steven Jackson are former NBA players with a combined $100 million in career earnings. And now they host the All This Smoke podcast, which is one of the
1: largest sports podcasts, and they've had guests like Kobe Bryant, Steph Curry, Kevin Hart, Shaq, and
0: many more. In this episode, we talk about the overwhelming amount of money in the sports industry and how, unfortunately, a lot of it goes to waste. So if you're interested in episodes just like this, make sure to subscribe because we post a brand new video every single week. So first off, you guys may
1: notice we're using two different size <laughs> mic stands here because these are the biggest guests we've ever had on the podcast. The tallest. The tallest <laughs> guest we've ever it's had tallest. on the podcast. It's an honor. We have Matt Barnes and Steven Jackson, former NBA yeah. players. According to Google, it says you guys have a combined earning of over $100 million. It must be lying. Is that is that true? That's what that's what Google says. Lined? Yeah, a lot of money. Yeah, maybe. I didn't,
2: even, I didn't know it was that much. <laughs> it was, you know? I, I saw, I saw sixty-five and thirty-five. Yeah, That's exactly I what I, I saw. Thought I Thought someone was right.
1: lying. Yeah. All right. I mean, that is absolutely <laughs> incredible. And now you guys have a massive podcast, All the Smoke. It's one of the biggest sports broadcasts out there right now. And uh, it's an honor to have you yeah, guys here. Thank you, on the you ice guys ice so much yeah. for coming. Thanks for having us,
0: man. So we got to talk a little bit about your backstory and how you got started in this. How you guys met, and uh, a little bit about the business aspect of of coming up in the. Uh, uh, in the Atlantic Jack Coast. and
3: I met. Jack got traded from Indiana, Golden State, where I was at at the time, and during the 2006-2007 season, um, like the end of January, February, instantly, you know, we just bonded yeah. uh, and made NBA history during that season with, the uh, you know, being the first number eight seed in the seven-game series to ever be the number one seed. The very next season, my mom died from cancer, like really fast, within a month, and Jack was one of the one, one of the main guys that just that took time away from the team and traveling back and forth to see my mom but every single day I was there Jack brought me food brought me weed came and just sat and talked sometimes we didn't say nothing no he was just there for me and that went from teammates to to a real life brother and um, fast forward you know we both had 14 year careers and went into the media space uh, messing around with Fox and ESPN and we were getting a lot of positive feedback we were at my house in the bay one time and, and kicking back and I was just like do a podcast. He's like, what's a podcast? I was like, I don't know but, I know. <laughs> I don't know, but
0: people are I doing. it. Joe yeah, Rogan like, just made no yeah, I was doing like, it. like
3: I know we can drink and <laughs> smoke and cuss. And we couldn't do that on our other platforms. So um, yeah, let's do it. And you know, now we're about going on three years now and sports podcast of the year and uh, it's just been a great experience and learning experience at the same time. Shout out Daniel yeah. his sister. My sister came up with the name. Yeah, it's a good that's name. Called. Yeah, great
0: name. Mm-hmm. I'm curious. Did you always think you would play basketball? I think you started with uh, football, I was a football right? guy. Yeah.
3: yeah, I was uh, I was diehard football. Um, picked up basketball because I kept getting taller. Um, but I knew somehow, someway, one of those two sports were going to be my profession. And, you know, growing up in a household, in an environment of drugs, abuse, violence, um, I just knew that my path was always going to be different. So although I saw everything, you know, I was someone who started smoking, we did about 14, but that was about as deep as I went into it. Uh, you know, I was just re- really locked in on sports.
1: And how about yeah. you, Steven? Always basketball?
3: Uh, I think, yeah, it was always
2: basketball. My city and my parents, my family saw something in me that I didn't know I had at a young age. And um, they put a basketball in my hand. Obviously, my family, they knew I had something different, and they, they kept me around it. They kept me out of trouble. And like I said, they seen something in me that I didn't even know I had as a young. What age was that? How old are you? So it started at five for me. When I was five years old, I played in the game at the YMCA. Score was forty-four to forty, and I had forty-two hour points at five. <laughs> so you always been a ball hog. Yeah, I always been a ball hog. <laughs> <laughs> and and around that time, everybody was like, "Hold up, this kid really has something." And from then on, my city treated me like I was an NBA prospect. Hmm. So it worked out that way.
1: So there was like a time where you realized, okay, I could do this for a living. This is you know my most likely career.
2: Yeah, I mean, yeah, because you know I, I fell in love with it, and I and I knew I was good at a young age, and. You know, playing basketball, once you fall in love with the game, you start to fall in love with the NBA and the players in the NBA, and you start to have idols, and you start to pattern your game after players. And um, and I started that like any other kid that played basketball. Nobody knew it would get to the NBA. You know, I ended up going out of high school. But, um, like I said, people around me, my high school coaches, my parents, they knew that
0: I was on my way yeah. there, but I didn't see it. What's it like getting a deal, getting your first – you know, bonus. How I do they know where that money work? went? You yeah. guys
1: know GQ, my first million?
0: Mm, I've seen, yeah. Let's That's reenact a, fun a little bit of okay. what you guys did with your first million. Like, what, what was the cut? first signing check? Well, how did, how, what's the process like? How do I'm, they How do they find I'm gonna you? I'm going to give you this it? first one. I'm going to give you two. Yeah. My
2: first, I signed with the Phoenix Suns. They gave me a check for $25,000 cash. This was in 97.
3: Blew it all in one day. I blew it all no. in one day. Oh, me man. and
2: Mike Bibby, his sister and my little brother, went to the mall and bought everything we could find. I think when I got back to the house, I probably had like maybe or five thousand dollars. Damn they Blew it all in the mall. That was my first check. But when mm-hmm, I got when, mm-hmm. I, when I signed my six year deal with the Pacers. Uh, first thing I did was bought my mom and my grandmother house.
3: Yeah, my first. You know, I was some a, a guy that came in on minimum deals. You know what I mean. So my deals were three hundred, four hundred, five hundred thousand. You know, the first few years. And to be honest with you, at the end of every summer, I was broke. You know, because you know financial literacy is something that's talked about often now. But you, know, you think late nineties, early two thousands. It wasn't talked about, you know. We talked about houses, cars, jewelry, women, everything but, you know, how to save what we're all working for. So, um, with no background, I came from food stamps and drugs, so I didn't really have any kind of representation that showed me, you know, okay, we'll put this away and save this and do this, invest this. So, like Jack said, when it came in, it went out even faster. So, it took me about maybe maybe going into year four or five, maybe, to really start understanding, okay, I'm going to get this amount and... Put this aside, Um, I never really made any, you know, huge, you know, I got my mom and dad cars. I never really made, I got myself a house. But yeah, so my first, I really didn't go crazy. I wasn't a jewelry guy. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, like I said, I bought a house, bought my mom and dad some cars. And that was kind of, you know, kind of understanding, like, I have money, but I don't have a ton of money. You know what I mean? So that's kind of. If we can space this out
1: and when did the money really start rolling in from the pro basketball careers those first couple years i won a championship with the spurs in 03. i was expecting to get
2: paid after that year and i didn't they paid somebody else so i had to go to the atlanta hawks for the minimum and play again just to prove myself to get paid so um and i got paid that following year in uh in indiana but it was a blessing but like he said it took me six by six years in my career to understand how to even think about generational wealth. Like when we was growing up, that word never even came around. Nobody in my family ever thought about saying generational wealth, right? So it took me being around people and having financial advisors six, seven years of my career to start thinking about saving for a rainy day.
3: Yeah, and I think my my light turned on when I started having kids. So I came in the league at like 21. I had twins at 28, so probably seven, eight years mm-hmm. in was where, where I realized, okay, You know, there's got to be a future here, Uh, although I hope my kids are, you know, great at whatever they do and they get scholarships just in case, you know. So it it started being less about me and more about obviously my kids after that. And that's what kind of turned the light on for me.
0: So when you were playing, what was the schedule like day to day? Like how much training were you putting in? How much were you were you putting into like diet, exercise?
3: Different in in all that. uh, It's different for everybody. Um, And again, when we first came in the game, there wasn't there wasn't that kind of talk. Like it's regular now. You know what I mean? Like. During the summertime, we played like, good basketball and smoke weed. Like that was really That's how, I out. how every <laughs> wow. like a, I'd say majority of the NBA was. And not till you know I was lucky enough to play until 2017. And you know it's uh, to me it probably started changing around 12 or 13 where diet was important and you know all these other nuances of the game started coming in to kind of preserve your career. But like I said, we not that we we're old school, but almost like you know kind of the old school as far as it was basketball and the weed for us. I was it. wasn't weight training. It wasn't training all the time. It was just it just wasn't what it was at the time. And so mm. it, it's so far advanced now, where I have kids that are, you know, thirteen and they're training, you know, three to four times a week now. And that was really more than I was training when I first got in the NBA. And how I,
1: important do you think all those tangential <laughs> exercises and practices make you at basketball? How much does that improve your game? Is it extremely important?
2: It it works. I mean, you you know anything you put hard work into, so you're gonna get something out of it. And especially with basketball, I mean, that's why Kobe was so great in the time. That's why LeBron's so great. LeBron spent a million dollars on his body a year. Yeah. to be great,
1: a million dollars on yeah. his body—that's oh, a bargain, on man. Maintenance. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, what does that yeah. even mean?
2: Just maintenance. Just he has the, has the right foods, yeah. the right trainers, you know, the right the all year round. Though know, not just eating yeah. right. right during the
0: season. I'm sure, you get like massages, chiropractors, right. everybody like, right. right on hand. Well, yeah, that's why you
3: see—you know—he's going into year twenty and he's been great his entire career. You know, he we've seen 30. a lot. Of, we've seen a lot of great players yeah. play for a long time, but have we ever seen someone play at the level that LeBron has been able to play for so long? And obviously, that's to what he does off the court and his upkeep. Um, so, I mean, I think it's very beneficial, obviously. Uh, again, it wasn't something that we were major into really toward the end of my career. But, um, you know, as like I said, being a father of, of twin boys who are teenagers now and I'm coaching them, I can, like I didn't work out for the NBA until I got to the NBA. That sounds crazy, but I just didn't. Like now my kids are training and I can see the drastic improvement week by week, month by month year by year I'm just like, Man, I wish I would have had this when I was younger because training camp. I, I didn't yeah, I didn't have that and I still made the league and played fourteen years. I couldn't imagine if this was something like my parents put me here and I knew what I was gonna do and I had a regiment and all this kind of shit it would have been a whole nother play uh, you know, experience for me, I think.
1: So, so at I, what point in your guys' career could you call yourself like an actual liquid millionaire?
2: When I, I like I say like a year after I signed my big deal, around seven years, when I actually went through that first year of that season and was able to see you know, dollars in my bank account saved. That was the first time I ever saved a million dollars. Mm-hmm. Once I was able to put that away and knew I didn't have to touch it, and I was still had checks and stuff coming in, you know, I was able to say that. Yeah, it, it don't mean. Yeah. No.
0: <laughs> what was that like for you
2: to see though? Uh, it's it's a gift and a curse because okay. you feel good, but then you got people doing this now. Mm-hmm. Oh no! You know what, oh, what I'm saying? Right. And, and and that and that's always the sad part because okay. there's a lot of people that feel they're entitled now. Well, the Those heck, same yeah. people that was, that was telling you. You go ahead and you do this, you know what I'm saying. But we didn't make it off told you souls and keep going like uh, like uh, La Russell say. We we made it off hard work and and just just meant for us to be here. But you know that's the, that's the sad part about it. You know, yeah. don't have yeah. people feel like they're entitled to your money.
3: You got to you yeah. know you you take care of a village. You know if you're the one that's fortunate enough to make it. And, and, and the hardest thing to do is you know being able to tell people no. You know really the hardest thing to do is being able to tell family no. It's yeah. tough. You know what I mean. I can tell. I, I have friends that I've helped and and they're all appreciative, but I'd never had a problem be like, okay, good. but, you know, obviously when you have to tell your family, no, that's a different level. And I think all people coming into money, not just athletes have to understand that because again, everyone feels like they're entitled to, you know, if they've been around the whole time, they feel like they're entitled. So being able to tell people no is, is big, but same thing, six, seven years into the game um, and being able to save it and see it, you know, was important. But again, I still didn't have a plan with it. You know what I mean? So although I saw it, I spent it.
1: I said it once and I'll say it again. Henson razors have given me the
0: cleanest and smoothest shave I've ever had in my entire life. Henson's a family-run aerospace machine shop that has brought precision engineering to razors. The razors have a precisely built handle that securely holds the blade. This firm grip on the blade combined with an extremely precise extension means you'll get not only a safer, but a cleaner and closer shave. And if you're interested in shaving money, you're only going to spend between $3 and $5 a year, which is way less than all of those other subscriptions services. No
1: subscriptions, no proprietary blades, and no planned obsolescence. Only having to replace an inexpensive blade and not the whole cartridge, or
0: in some cases, the entire razor, just makes sense. I personally hate the idea of waste, and when you combine that with the money you save with Henson, it's truly unmatched. Plus, it's fully metal and uses standard dual edge blades that you could buy practically anywhere.
1: Seriously, guys, we're going off script here, but since they sent us the razors, that's literally all I've used to shave, and I gotta say, it is the cleanest shave I've ever had in my my entire life, when I run it over my neck, it doesn't even feel like I'm shaving, it just somehow the hair just disappears. It's time to say no to subscriptions and yes to a razor that'll last you a lifetime. So visit Hensonshaving.com slash iced coffee to pick the razor for you and use code iced coffee and you'll get two years worth of blades for free with your razor. Just make sure to add them to your cart. That's one hundred free blades when you visit H E N S O N Shaving.com slash iced coffee and use code coffee at checkout. Thank you so much, Henson, and
0: back to the podcast. Often does that come up that family or close friends ask for money? Um and It's been happening since I was a late
2: teenager. Four times since I've been here. <laughs> yeah. I've been at your house four times. Yeah,
0: you know what? Yeah. I'm actually kind of short on some cash. Is it, yeah. Yeah. Is it like okay.
1: directly asking, like, hey, man, I'm really struggling to make rent this month. Can I please just have depends. some money? Everyone, no, it might not even be the truth. Like, yeah. It might be a lie. It is might it be like a toll. Every, everyone
3: has their own angles. Some people go right to it, text you, like, hey, can I have some money? Some people ask how your day is going first. I some like, people like call they really you care. Thursday
2: and ask you, and just to know because they're going to ask you yeah, Monday. they're going
3: to set you up. So, again, everyone has their methods and rhyme reason and asking and you know some people you say yes to and some people I just you know I ain't got it even if I do have it because yeah. I just don't feel like giving it to you
0: so you're saying they'll try to buddy up to you ahead of time and then yeah, they act know, like they they a, a week later yeah. think like oh by mm-hmm. the way man they,
3: they, they plant the seed but, last week yeah. to ask us
2: this week and then it's a, it's a different oh, situation man. where you grow up around a lot of guys that you know that didn't make it and, and didn't reach their potential so the first thing they're going to say is oh man you changed yeah I did Honestly, that's why I, I was broke so with you. I ain't broke no more. <laughs> I worked hard and got, and got myself some money and put my family in a different position. So, And and they try to use that against you as like a... As guilt like, trip. Yeah, like a guilt trip. Like, you changed. You're right. I did change. I worked hard and I changed to get myself out of a better position. But mm-hmm. that's stuff you have to deal with in the, in the, in the uh, areas we come from. You have to grow some tough skin. Because everybody's going to feel like they're entitled uh, to what you work for
1: yeah now this may be a little nosy but is there like a specific example that you guys like think of when you think of people asking for money maybe it was like your assistant coaches like brother oh, or, or something I can start like this that out. i'm ready for that oh, one. Man. Say one. say one <laughs> i want to hear it
2: okay. i had um a, a church i was uh before i turned muslim i was a christian and, and my grandmother grandfather basically ran a church my whole life so i grew up in the church and as they got older they couldn't run a church so they brought in another pastor from from outside to run our church, Well, he ended up stealing money, ended up mm. kicking my grandmother, grandfather church, where the church was in debt, all kind of stuff. When I first made it, made it, this guy told my mom I had a vision. I want, I want you, I want you and uh, Stevie, they call me Stevie. I want you and Stevie to meet me over here at the at the this store at this, at the abandoned store. I had a vision. I want to tell you about my vision.
3: You fell for it too?
2: No, my mom did. Oh, oh no, I was at Roy D, I was rolling up. She was like, "Come, come over here." And, um, actually, I was. She was like, "Come over here." Dude, what?
0: Yeah. <laughs> We'll come back to that. I
2: want you got to come to so well, maybe we're going to see what Reverend Washington want. We get to the place, he tells my mom he had a vision that God told him to for me to give him a million dollars to turn this uh, uh broken down Safeway grocery store into a church. And what kind of bullshit was that? Yeah, what, <laughs>
1: well, <laughs> what do, I didn't what you give you no then? vision
2: for me to give you for me to give you a million of my hard earned money for you to build a church that I ain't gonna never go to. But it worked. It did not work. Oh, okay. No, he didn't get okay. a dime. My yeah, mama cursed him out, all that, and okay. Okay. What I happened? haven't talked
0: to him since. Why why'd she curse him out? What what happened there? Because she brought we, you to him, right? Right. She yeah. but she didn't think
2: it was that. Oh. She didn't think he was doing going that far with asking for a million dollars. Okay. 15, 20, help the community, something like that. <laughs> Uh, a million? You've
0: lost your rabbit. That's, my oh ass. My That's not gosh. a small gosh! That's okay. not a small ask. Uh, we glanced over the, the selling crack parts. You, <laughs> what? <laughs> That's, it's so crazy hearing that come from your mouth. What? <laughs> <laughs> hear something. It's <laughs> not like it's a it button up, you
1: know what I mean? Like, no, but
0: it's a... But I'm trying to loosen up a little bit. You know, it's, good, good. Like, it's good. We're yeah, yeah, the yeah, group to loosen it. Up, it one, yeah. up
2: with. Growing up my wife, I, mean, just, I was around it, you know what I mean? Yeah. My pundit, my guy, John Johnson, rest in peace used to take care of me so there's a lot of things i used to do for him involving that to make money yeah you know what i mean and i was no different from everybody else in my neighborhood everybody did that Mm -hmm. so i was i was just blessed to have basketball to get away from it for sure yeah and uh that was the best that's the biggest blessing what age was that at about uh probably from 14 to 18 19
1: 14
2: yeah how much were you making doing that it depends um i wasn't the actual source i was doing different things so i can you were or like three hundred dollars, two hundred dollars. That just, was a oh, lot of money. That's good money. I mean, no, that was I was 14, 15 yeah. years old. Two hundred dollars yeah, go a God. long oh, way. Oh man, I can get an ounce of weed for fifty dollars. Wow. <laughs> that's gonna last the rest of the week. And
3: buy some pizza, buy some <laughs> and, shoes, and I go buy some
2: shoes. Okay. Yeah, and I, and I was getting two, three hundred like almost every yeah. day. I was helping my mom with groceries. My mom worked from six yeah, in the morning to six gosh. at night, so I never seen her. We was at school when she was at you know when she was home sleeping. We come home from school, she going to work, so I never seen my mom. Did it ever scare you? Did you ever almost get caught? You don't think about being scared. You think you are surviving.
1: So that's just the way of life. That's just the way of life. It's yeah. In a bubble Survive. That little bubble where that's just normal. Yeah. Survive.
0: I get that. Now you mentioned earlier about the people who don't live up to their full potential and don't make it. Have you noticed anything within them that maybe they don't have the, a certain quality or whether it was persistence or anything that got in the way that you feel? maybe It's, it's a lot back? of
2: them on social media right now. And, and <laughs> I, I think the thing is with them is that they they instead of working and yeah. putting the work in, they want to say, why him and not me? Yeah. You know what I mean, and it's it's a whole bunch of people saying that, but they don't know what you went through to get where you at. For sure, right? So that's 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 the biggest thing. People are like why him and not me? Why he made it? We did we did the same things. Well, you don't know what I went through to get here, yeah. right? And and that's just the biggest thing. Everybody like I said feel entitlement.
3: It's entitlement, and it takes a lot of luck. You know, yeah, a realize. lot of luck. I've seen a lot of guys coming up that were better, just as good, and just you know made a wrong turn along the path. You know? and and that's why you know I think my family and friends were. You know, I had friends die from overdoses and getting shot at and all kinds of other things but like I said although I was amongst that and in that you know I was able to stay on that path knowing that you know what my ultimate goal was and and you know what the people around me wanted for me too so you know along with what he said it just takes it, it takes a lot of luck man you know like it, there's only been 5000 NBA players in the history of the game
1: 5,000? What, 400 wow. jobs? 300 some jobs than, a year. four hundred, four yeah, yeah. You would 400 jobs. I would have thought it would be like 30,000. Yeah, no wow. There's only, four. like, 30, wow. oh, There's only wow. like 400
3: jobs each season, you know what I mean? And so, you know, the turnover, you know, you're probably bringing in 100, 120 new guys every season and losing, you know, losing that many as well. So it's just it. A lot of luck goes with it. You know, the average career is two or three years, you know what I mean? So to get past that and play double-digit years and and, and be able to win, it was, you know, it was uh, obviously a lot of God, a lot of hard work, but a lot of luck. Best athletes are in prison. (laughs) I'm just just keeping it real. No, let's hear it. The
2: best basketball players, the best football (laughs) players are in prison. So if you you talk to any athlete from NFL Mm -hmm. to baseball to to, uh, basketball, they got. They know somebody yeah. who was the coldest athlete they've ever seen growing up in my line that's no. in jail right now. Mm-hmm. Ask any athlete, they're going to be like, yeah, I got a guy, man, who I grew up with. He in jail right now, but I'm telling you, he's supposed to be in the league. Mm. And every guy going to say that. And we all grew up with guys like that that made one bad
0: decision. Yeah, You know what I'm saying? They ended up in jail the rest of their life. Gosh. How does that mindset affect you today, having that sort of, uh, you know, growing up in that sort of environment? Does that stick with you? Or makes did, you humble. Yeah. yeah, I'm not going back. Yeah. I'm not making no mistakes. I'm where we at right now, being able to be
2: in this space with Showtime and Madness Podcast. Like we would be morons to play ourselves off this spot. You know what I mean? And we we talk about it all the time. We're not Hall of Famers, right? We we are the guys that we are your, your favorite player, favorite player, right? And we are guys that did the dirty work in the game. We're NBA champions, but we're not Hall of Famers. Normally, when you when you retire. All of Famers and All-Stars, guys that was on the commercials get the jobs and the, and, the, and the stuff that we are doing right now. You know what I mean? But the roles have reversed because we are more uh, reachable and touchable than those actual stars. Like, we are the yeah. guys that hang out, hang out at the arenas and talk to everybody and sign all our autographs. So, with doing that, it's paying us back. You know, we we, we in this position now for a reason because we always treated people with respect and we treated everybody how we wanted to be treated. So, that's how it works for us, man. I mean, that's yeah. Sure. I mean, I, I just think, it.
3: obviously... You know, understanding where you're coming from is always important, but the goal is to make it out yeah. and, and you know, continue to elevate. And, you know, that's what we've been able to do, um, you know, get the odds are where the odds were stacked against us and we were able to get out and, and, and have a, you know, a long career. And then, you know, for us to be able to make the splash we've made post career um, in, in several different spaces, it's been it's been dope, you know what I mean? But again, to always understand where you came from and like Jack said, not wanting to go back. Yeah, you know, That's the goal is, you know, obviously if we're going to go back, you're going to help, but you're not going back to live on the, the level you came from.
0: Yeah. And where do you learn how to get the skills in terms of, of managing your money, investing it, making sure you're spending an appropriate amount?
2: The experience was the yeah. best teacher, <laughs> Right. You know what I mean? Being being, being broken in the summertime, you know, not having, seeing my family not have when I know I'm making money. All those situations, be, experience is the best teacher, and I had to go through it to understand how to save, to want to save, mm-hmm. you know, to to to, yeah. to to be able to be a crutch for my family. Like seeing them not have that made me focus on be able to be the breadwinner and be the backbone of my family. So knowing that where we come from, it's imperative that I be the best protecting and provider that I can be, and it, and it starts with me making better decisions.
3: And you know, just for you know, like again, coming from you know food stamps and 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 not really having no money. Um, to actually having money even if you have a a, a, a you know a, a situation in place with a financial financial advisor agent everything you never had nothing I don't there's nothing no one's gonna be able to tell me to say I can't spend my money mm-hmm. you know what I mean so until, until you get to a point where you understand it's important to save and you, and you really want to save and I think that's what happens with a lot of athletes is you know a lot of people have you know the framework in 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 place but it's just like man we never had and like Jack said, my family needs this. I want this. I work my hard. You know, I want to reward myself for this. So it's just like until you get it in your mind that, okay, there's a reason for me, it was kids. Mm-hmm. There's a reason I need to start saving or, okay, I'm old enough now. I want to start saving. Um, you know, hopefully that's when the light comes on. And then that's when you kind of start after understanding and pull back and maybe change habits that you've been accustomed to for a long time. But just understanding this is a marathon, not a sprint. You know what I mean, and I think when I first got money, it was a sprint. Like I said that shit, you know, went out faster than it came in. So just being older, and you know, you get wiser with age, and I think that's when it kind of kicks in for people. Yeah. It's interesting
1: that the, the, the switch flipped for both of you guys with responsibility to other people, like financial responsibility uh-huh. to your kids or to your family. That was the main driving factor for you guys to be like, okay, got to start saving because I got to provide and protect. And I find that really interesting that it wasn't necessarily for yourself. You know what yeah. I mean? You're like, you know, you may realize in the summer, like you said, you have no money, and you're like, oh my gosh, like, you know, I can't go to the fancy restaurant with all my my teammates because I I don't want to buy it or something. But it wasn't that. It was just exactly. responsibility yeah. to other people. Yeah.
3: Well, I mean, I just always feel a sense of responsibility when you come from nothing. You know what I mean? Because there are, although there's a lot of clingers, there are a lot of people that really helped you get to where you're getting to. You know what I mean? Like, you're like, okay, well, damn, you know, he trained me all those years for free, or. You know, my mom and dad said so-and-so, or this guy did, you know what I mean? So you always have you know, those kind of situations. So we're always going to feel not indebted, but just like, okay, you know, I got it. You're going to have it too, type way. So again, until you kind of just figure out what that balance is, if you're able to do it for a long time, that's great. But if you have to scale back, those are the tough conversations you have to have with people understanding, okay, you know, the money's not coming in the way it used to be coming in, so I'm going to have to scale back. That means, you know, your lifestyle is going to have to scale back. So it's a lot, and that, that that's a lot of... Again, a lot of athletes or musicians or you know people uh, have to deal with that, and you know everyone deals with it different. There's
1: this segment I remember on this this thing on YouTube. I forget what channel it is, but it's like the best and worst purchases that people make. It'd be kind of fun if you guys recollected on the best purchase, maybe or one every or two piece of the jewelry.
2: Best. Every piece of jewelry I bought is the worst purchase I've ever. What about now? What about yeah, what you're wearing, is, wearing? The is. worst. I still buy it, but it's the worst. <laughs> I ever... still buy it. It's, it's the worst purchase I've ever had. I mean, yeah. I'm not. I, I'm not the guy. I don't have. Ten cars. I got two cars. One can you say of them. I have a I have a Range Rover and a Mercedes, and my wife has a, a Range Rover. Um, we're not into cars, and we don't have houses everywhere. So every every now and then I buy myself a piece of jewelry, which I you know that's that's my thing. But the dumbest thing to do of anybody listening.
3: It's not really a, obviously house, you know. To me, I'm not really. Not out, a bad purchase. You know, so, no, I'm saying he they, started, they said he's starting the best. he started with the best, yeah, and then he's worst. Oh, yeah, you know, he's, <laughs> but then you can do the worst. He said yeah. best. Um. Yeah. I mean, house and again, just the stability, you know, when you have to bounce around and move and live with family and all that kind of shit, live with friends, like a house is important. So obviously that's, you know, that, 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 that's when I was able to buy my first house, I was like, okay, dope. Um, worst, I wouldn't say it was worst purchase. Cause again, I'm not someone that's crazy with buying dumb shit. It was just always buying everything for everybody. You know, when we're going to dinner, I'm always paying for it. If we're going on vacation, I'm paying for it. So I just think just always feeling like, again, like I said, early, obligated to take care of people because they don't have it. I think I waste a lot of money doing that.
0: I'm really curious. Are finances and the payments getting better for athletes over time? Are they getting worse? Do you think you maybe had a better deal back then than no. new athletes would have no, now? No. Money, is, money, is, crazier. Yeah, money yeah. is
3: crazier than it's ever been. You know, these new TV deals, the t- deals are crazy now, but deals are going to get even crazier. So, I mean, obviously, and, it, and that kind of just comes with, the you know, as the game continues to evolve. You know, the, the greats before us helped us get to a certain level, and then, you know, Michael and Larry and Magic and guys took it to another level, and then the next wave comes, Shaq and Kobe and these guys take it to another level, and the bronze and everyone, so it continues just to rise. So, you know, the game continues. You know, you're going to have you gotta have guys making 50 or $60 million a year playing yeah, basketball, yeah. you know what I mean? So... That's why I'm glad I got, you know, I got three more boys. I got three chances to hit the lottery. Yeah. <laughs> them, you know, I got three chances. So it's just again, it just kinda comes, you know, with the evolution of the game. So um, you know, although we made good money, you know, there's guys that are making more money in one season than we made in
1: our careers. Yeah.
3: You know, so it's it,
1: the game has evolved. What do you uh, I was just gonna yeah. ask like for a contract. I'm I'm a little curious. There's a usually a signing <clears throat> bonus, right? And then from there on football. Uh, it's that's football so fo- signing bonuses our, our in contracts are fully guaranteed once we yeah. sign so football, every well, dollar, you, dollar you guaranteed. when you hear wow. signing
3: bonuses that's normally football because their contracts aren't guaranteed beside behind that besides that money they get so you'll see a huge signing bonus and those, you'll see a big deal first of all every deal you see for a professional athlete you could probably cut it in half because really? Tax, yeah. of oh, taxes oh, right. oh yeah yeah and then agents yeah. and lawyers and a bunch of fees 15%. so cut it in half and then after that is where you kind of you know See what else is going on with your money, but yeah, it's not it's not necessarily the level that everyone may may think it's at. Um, but again, it's still it, it's still good money.
2: I'll guarantee every player in the NBA. Yeah. show. even if they come in on a ten day contract, they're guaranteed for those ten days.
0: And well, my, even if they
1: get injured, if something no happens, what. they get into a fight, they get suspended. Well, my something.
3: whole thing is I you know I signed a three year deal, you um, know, and I ended up winning a championship the first year of my three year deal. The first year of my three year deal, I won a championship and ended up retiring and I still got paid for the next, you know, two years. Yep. I wasn't even playing and I was being paid because that's, wow. you know, that's the the one great thing about the NBA is that money is guaranteed.
1: What is it, just like a massive bi-weekly check?
3: Uh, twice every something. two weeks, yeah, every twice two week. a month, first and the 15th. <laughs> that's
2: pretty. Mm-hmm. That's so you nice, got, but you yeah. got guys like Kobe that was making thirty million a year, and he was getting fifteen. One check at the beginning, mm-hmm. and one check at the, at the end of the season.
1: Really? So he was just accepting wow. ch- one check right. of fifteen million dollars. That's
0: crazy. Yeah. Imagine that. A check oh, of I, fifteen. Yeah. Yeah. What do you, like I feel like I would be like putting right. it into this the, the
1: machine, and my hand would just be yeah. shaking. Crazy. And are, are there institutions or programs within the NBA to ensure that now people aren't going broke? Because it's a thing. I mean, everyone knows <laughs> yeah. it's a thing. I mean, again, there's.
3: Yeah. There's, I mean, there's, again, there's, there's things that are in place um, to make sure guys don't. And I think, again, this is new. So I probably say like the talk of financial literacy and it really being cool is probably started in, in the professional ranks, probably started around 2014, 15, 16 in that space where locker rooms are talking about, you know, what you're investing in, or have you seen this or have you seen that? And that never used to be the talk in the locker room. So, um, you know, this is, it's newer, so, and there's more money now. So, although guys are, you know, blowing money fast, I just think there's more money to come. And then there's more responsibility around teaching guys how to save your money and invest in your money. And it's a conversation now. So, I don't expect to see this new generation of, whether it be entrepreneurs, athletes, entertainers necessarily having the same struggles as you know, people before did, because again, the conversation, there was never conversation You guys have a poll podcast on financial literacy yeah. pretty much, you know what I mean? There, this is new, you know what I mean? So the fact that it's cool and okay to listen to and okay to follow, and you have great people who have experience teaching you the game, it's less likely that you're going to fuck up, but some people still do.
0: yeah What do you think of college athletes getting paid? Right. But I also yeah. think
3: there needs to be something in place for, for ed- the educational side yeah. of it. You know what I mean? Again, most likely they're coming from nothing. I mean, these are scholar athletes that are, you know, signing these nice NIL deals. But again, if guys in the NBA are going, you know, crazy with money, imagine, you know, you're 17 in college or 18 in college and you're getting, you know, 50, 100, $250,000, you know, so I just think there has to be some kind of education uh, behind it and understanding and, you know, almost like a safe haven, um, you know, where kids can go to kind of learn and invest and and start making their money work for them because they're getting you know obviously a leg up on people in the past because we didn't get paid until you actually make it and only one percent of people make it
0: why do you think it's only recently that financial education is taking such a uh a priority the internet yeah the internet's more popular now so there's probably always been people probably talking about
3: it but it just wasn't a sure. big deal you know now but it's out there and you can see it on social media platforms and Again, it's just a, a a cooler conversation. You know, saving money is cool now. Investing is cool now. It was, like I said, that was never anything talked about when we came in the game in the late '90s and early 2000s. Yeah,
1: I feel like it's an itch that everyone has. You always want to know how much someone's yeah. making, how much money they have. It's just like something that's just so fascinating to everybody. But yeah. for some reason, it was just taboo for yeah. such a long time.
3: Well, I just saw a thing today on Instagram as we were driving over here, like the top earning athletes, and LeBron was number one, and I think he's making like forty three million from basketball. And like 80 million in endorsements yeah you know what i mean in one year you know what i mean so it's just like it's out there and guys are doing it and, and and i love to see it because that means you know it's giving people who are coming up the aspiration of well shit if he can get it i can get it you know
0: so i think it's cool yeah i think endorsements and investments are starting to make up a lot more money absolutely yeah
1: <laughs> it's just so fascinating yeah. to know that people could be making so much money but like you said like it just still blows my mind but in the summer they'd be they have mm-hmm. no money because like yeah.
3: you think like i said every if you see a contract or or he's making this much a year you cut it you know it's we're getting at least 45 percent is taken after taxes fees all that kind of stuff and then once you get that money you know what are you going to do with this so like you see these huge you know pretty much a 200 million dollar deal is like what are, what are you guys going to clear after that like 100 100 maybe 100 million 110 million know what I mean? And then there's all kinds of fees and people you're paying and the lifestyle. And so it's not, although it sounds like it, that is a lot of money. That was maybe an extreme example. But, you know, you see like a $5 million contract. Oh, and then you're, well, they say you're making $5 million, So some people feel like I need to leave, you know, live yeah. like I'm making that much. So you're living right. above your means. So it's just a gamble with everybody is different.
1: And what do you guys think? Because I, I heard rumor that LeBron wants to create a new team here, here, here. in Las mm, it's Vegas. Gonna Love it. in it's going to happen? I, I mean, so. we've
2: been hearing about it. He told. I mean, I'm the NBA knows nine out of ten times LeBron want to be involved in the team going anywhere in the world. It's gonna happen.
1: I feel like it would immediately just be the most popular oh, yeah, team ever. Like, I, I think it would be in hard Vegas, to compete with. You're to yeah. I mean, you need to be good. You know, I'm, mm-hmm. a, I'm a
3: I'm a California sports fan. So I'm a, you know I'm a Raider fan. I'm a Niner fan, but I'm a Raider fan too. And you guys got to win. Although the, you know people are great and you want to see. You know, you want to be entertained. You still got to have a. A good product out there.
2: The I was first time hearing that.
3: I like all California. No, I just but have you have forty nine ers fan. Yeah, no question. Throw so the, the, so the Raiders out.
2: You can't be fans of both. <laughs> <laughs> I
3: can, well, how Are you gonna tell me what I can and can't you, do? You don't forty nine ers, but I like teams from
1: California. You don't like that. Okay, so well, he's
3: a cowboy fan, so he doesn't have uh, no one else to root for. Sure. So if he gets salty all the time. Like they're four and one right now. They're gonna lose to the Eagles this weekend, What's and your it's record? just gonna go. What's your record? We're three and two, but oh. we're coming. We're on the way. Uh. We're on the way. We're on the way.
0: Huh. Uh, so why do so many athletes careers only end after a few years how competitive is it to stay in it's very competitive because yeah. you got to think it's somebody always trying to come
2: take your job always somebody coming in you got younger, yeah faster hungrier stronger.
3: i wouldn't say hungrier i think that's what yeah. keeps people keeps the hunger that's what kept us 14 yeah there's just always you know it's, it's like what's next always someone there's there's young kids that are watching you guys that want i want their spot yeah you know, they're gonna come want your spot so i think that's just that's human nature uh, but it's just tough, man, that the odds are, like I said, there's only 124 guys in the league. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's just like turnover every year, you're losing 100-plus guys. So, it's like, how, how how can you stay? How bad do you want it? You got know? some guys that come in and get that little taste the first three years yeah, to how the money sure. and, I, and
2: they can't handle it and feel like, you know, and they get complacent. Yeah. Okay, I got these three years. I don't care about being on them no more. Nah, you got guys like us that are happy to be here. Sure. play as long as we can
1: and do you this is maybe the dumbest question ever but if you win the championships you get a bunch of extra money or is that basically yeah. just like
2: you get a team bonus you get a team uh, bonus you got to split it between the team you guys got about what each,
1: each player but
3: like so, you know like like jack said you want to take care of your trunk because the <laughs> trainers and, and and guys that help you stay throughout the season they don't really get the bonuses but yeah i would say on average probably between hundred and and 200,000 extra yeah mm-hmm. you get especially like
2: if you Team wins best record. You get more money. You know yeah. what I'm saying? You get more money. Like the coach wins, uh, coach of the year, everybody get a little it's more in the pot.
0: How do you guys invest your money
2: right now? Well, I'm involved in a cannabis company, Paola. I didn't want I don't want to be tied down into too many things.
3: I have a men's grooming line called Hugh for Every Man. It's in Target, a fresh press juice company where we have three stores and we're also online, you know, called Vibe Health Bar. So it's kind of our version of Starbucks, but just with juice and healthy stuff. Betting company, Active Dreamers, where you know we make uh, professional sport betting so we make you know the blanket is the body and the pillow cases the head flowers flower mm. you know we have a you know the, the number one black flower company los angeles we serve all the a lot of a listers a lot of big a listers um tech obviously tech is the wave you know so i have some tech investments i also have a cannabis investment um but just kind of learning on the fly again like i yeah. said yeah learning on the fly and 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 really you know to me the best way to learn is you know i have a lot of older people in the space that I'll just bother and lean on and take a look at this, you know, take a look at this deal and what do you think and what should I do? You know, you do that enough, you kind of start learning um, as well, so.
0: How do you get into the cannabis industry and what's that like (sighs) right now with the regulation? They're opening it up a little bit. How difficult is that?
2: I got lucky. um, My best, one of my close friends was the CEO of our company, uh, Al Harrington. He um, was playing for the Denver Nuggets in 2010 and that's when it became legal. Mm. And we were able to get a a heads up. A head start before everybody in the business, and uh, being in this since 2010, we made a lot of mistakes. We made a lot of mistakes, but we jumped. We got ahead of everybody, so to the point now, where we were able to. Uh, I was able to basically be the face of athletes getting into the cannabis space, and um, you know he's done some great things as far as um, creating generational wealth for different people, as far as getting teaching people how to get licenses uh, in the cannabis space and how to and how to create your own business and generation well. he's been a, a good teacher in the cannabis space. And, um, being able, like I said, being able to be, uh, in the space first in 2010, gave us a, uh, up on everybody. Yeah. And, uh, we was able to learn the game early to, to be able to be where we have uh, our own dispensary of mm. uh, our own dispensary in Detroit. And, um, and, uh, we have different, um, grow houses and, uh, and have our, our flower and different, uh, cannabis, uh, Dispensaries all across the country.
0: Yeah. Now I heard uh, it's difficult to collect money and I, a lot of credit card processors. Cash business. It's cash just, business. Just cash. Basically. I've also heard stories that you're not supposed to keep too much cash because it could be Rubbed. raided or yeah. robbed. Or yeah. so how do you how do you balance the two?
2: Well, I mean, that's a question that Al would have to answer. I'm, Jack I, just gets the brown yeah, paper bag. Yeah, I get the brown <laughs> paper bags. You know what <laughs> I'm saying? I, I, Al would have to answer yeah. those questions, sure. but um, he he is basically the guy. If you have, if you, besides Matt, but it's a lot of guys that's in the cannabis space for sport wise, I'm pretty sure a good ninety percent of those guys that went to Al and got game and on how to move and how to get into this business.
1: I'm just curious if you guys could maybe say like like what percentage of your income comes from different sources? I want to know like how your business is broken down as far as income goes.
3: I would say probably the largest amount of money I'm making is from our podcast. Hmm. Um, second is ESPN. Um, and then outside of that investments probably start coming in, but you know, multiple, you know, when you're doing startups and other stuff, you normally roll that right back into the business. So there's not a ton of money yet coming from investments. And then, I mean, through this podcast, I've been able to do a whole bunch of other stuff as far as hosting and working for other teams and a bunch of different stuff. So like kind of miscellaneous would probably round out where the rest of it comes from. Easy, Uh
2: easy. This show, this show is 80% for me. Yeah, yeah, because um, with, the, with the money from Viola, my cannabis company, I don't touch. Yeah. It goes back into the business. Yeah, sure. And uh, the money I saved, you know, I use that just to make sure my kids are straight and family are straight and to live. Mm. But this show is basically all I do. You know, I, I do speaking engagements every now and then. I do little stuff to make money, but this is really all I do, all I really want to do.
0: I had no idea the podcast was uh, was doing such big numbers. We. Or, um, <laughs> wow. we
3: even, well, I think what what, what it was able to help us was you know our our obviously we love our partner Showtime, but the first time around we kind of hit us all in negotiations with our first deal. So I kind of went out and learned the space and 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 kind of started talking to other companies. Yeah. And in the midst of that, you know, really liked iHeart at the time. And then you know, obviously my loyalty was just to Showtime. So when Showtime came back around and you know they started making more sense with what they were talking about, I was just like, well, how can we marry the two? iHeart can handle your audio and Showtime can handle the digital side. So we were able to pretty much get double. Because wow. we're getting now we're, you know, we weren't just in, before we were just getting Showtime money. Now we're just getting money from iHeart, which, you know So, so they pay the you
1: directly and you they basically have <laughs> licensing over all of the content of so the So they podcast? have
3: yeah so no so they have iHeart does the audio side of it mm-hmm. and Showtime does the digital side of it. But they I mean obviously it's a partnership, but we get two different checks from two different companies now
0: when before we were just getting one how do you approach that is that before you started and you said hey we're about to start this podcast do you want in on it no i just learned i mean
3: again we this <clears throat> whole podcast came together randomly just with you know people you know, a, a friend connecting us with showtime and 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 we found lightning in the bottle so obviously our first year we you know we didn't make very much at all but in our first year we won sports podcast of the year so we knew coming into year two i was like all right we're gonna make money this year So when, you know, initially when, again, the talks had stalled, I was just like, okay, well, damn, love what I'm doing over here, but if they're not going to pay us, we need to go find someone who's going to pay us. So again, I was talking to Spotify, Apple, Amazon, iHeart, you name it. I was talking to all these different companies. And then when Showtime's like, okay, you know, let's make this happen. I'm just like, okay, you know, my loyalty is to you, but I also really love what they have and what they told me over here. Like, how can we make these work? And since one was primarily audio and then Showtime is more of a visual company, we were able to...
0: You know be partners with both wow how many followers did you have at the time when you did
3: that deal well I know we, when we started with Showtime basketball I want to say there was a couple thousand and now we're over 700,000 yeah uh subscribers on Showtime uh you <clears throat> so you know it's it's and obviously there's other shows but I you know with all due respect I think we were kind of the driving force behind sure. you know kind of getting that wheel rolling and you know and then
0: now it's helping us and everyone that's incredible what do you think of Joe Rogan selling to uh to Spotify hundred million. I think it's, it's dope, what was, but was, I, it I mean, you know, years. when you yeah. listen,
3: you listen to people, some people say
0: he under, you know, he should have got more. I think I think though he was one of the first to get such a deal at that caliber yeah, and right. when he negotiated that like you're already getting the top. Other so question. there's there's no one Pat McAfee that. too. Pat so, McAfee too got a yeah, nice McAfee deal. Pat got a great and then deal. Call, Call Her Daddy was 50 million. For like 50, million yeah. and $50 I feel like, like you're did that. Looking back at that deal new level like, is set. Darn, people then like
1: accept that you can negotiate at that level. But if someone had, you know, done a 100 million
0: dollar deal before him, he's the biggest. he could have done one fifty two. A
2: lot of those people own 100% of their IP too. Oh.
0: Wow. Yeah. I think the it's day funny. they announced they signed him, I think their stock went up by like a billion dollars. It was something nuts. So mm-hmm. when you take his value to Spotify, That's it's I'm saying. significant. Some, some people said yeah. like
3: he should have got more. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because he is he is a movement himself. Um, so, you know, he's definitely, you know, a pioneer in this space. And I haven't
2: seen the episode, but I know he the man in the podcast. He's good. You know, you aspired us, yeah. you know,
3: to, to get to a level like that where, you know, you could be set for life financially from a podcast. Who would ever yeah. thought that? Yeah.
0: So what's your plan to continue growing the podcast?
3: Live shows. Yeah. Live show, just creativity. You know, I think I was talking to our team because we just started season four, and I was just like, I feel like we set the bar in this sports space, although we weren't the first. We set the bar. <laughs> And I feel like not that everyone's caught up, but now they're in the same they're on the, they're in the same book. You know, so how this that you know, season four, how do we take it to another level? Um, obviously more fan engagement, more live experiences, more, you know, access to us. We're traveling around, doing a yeah. lot. You know, we're here right now sitting with you guys and we're you know, we're doing NASCAR and Bubba Wallace this weekend. Thanks to our friends over at Money Line. <laughs> <laughs> Ty Gibbs. Shout out to Money Line. Twenty three eleven. They, they make the dreams happen. But you know, we got a partner with Money Line, but just continuing to try to you know give the fans what they want you know obviously we feel like you know we're the core of our show but you know to get top name guests is important too uh so we continue to, to to try to do that but you know like jack said live shows merch uh more fan engagement um animated we have an animated series coming we have a cannabis line coming yeah um so just continuing to just you know not just touch this space but you know how does this you know how does this cover our entire ecosystem and just be able to find different streams of revenue in different spaces through one thing.
0: Yeah.
2: Mm. I do the commentating and uh are boxing now. Cool. So you know it's just a lot of stuff that's, that's building from our podcast yeah, that we're doors. taking advantage of. Yeah. So been a blessing.
0: Yeah.
1: So I got a question. If you guys could draw a pie with three different pieces of the pie, one is the environment in which people grow up in one is hard work and one is natural skill. How would you draw the percentages as far as if you want to be the best that you can be in the NBA? How big each mm. slice of the pie occupy?
3: Natural skill is the whole thing to me. Mm, I don't agree with that. But go ahead and do your pie first. Yeah. I'm not gonna eat your pie. I'm,
2: I'm, 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 I'm gonna, gonna eat I'm, my own I'm pie. I'm gonna say natural <clears throat> skill
1: for what percentage?
2: All of it. A hundred really? for me, mm. because everybody has a talent and everybody has a skill. Everybody don't figure out what their talent and skill is. Mm. So. Once I found out my skill was basketball, that's everything to me because that changed everybody's life, that one game. Basketball did everything. Basketball is the reason why I'm here, why my family's living good, why I'm living good. Basketball is the source to all that. So having that talent, putting that all all together – that's the
3: reason why I'm here. Without that talent, I'm not here. So you just have one pie, no slices in I, it.
1: I, I, I got that pie, ate that slices. pie, yeah, and yeah, I'm gonna yeah, make yeah. other pies for okay. other people. Okay. Now just just to play devil's advocate, real quick, real quick, because yes. I know you, you want to answer too. Okay. What about like you know the Ball brothers or uh, you know the son of uh, LeBron James and stuff like that or Shaquille O'Neal's son? It's like you know they grew up in an environment. I feel like that culture played pretty hard into their. They
2: ability. still might not make it. They might get to the NBA. Hmm. they might have might not have a great career hmm. they might they in a position where their dads can force it for them hmm. so that might help but still they have to go out there and play LeBron can't go he in the game you're
1: born with that skill that he can't, you have. not you what know what, what I
2: mean when, when when your dad goes away if you have that skill you can have you can you can still survive but if you go away if your dad goes away you don't have the skill you're gonna be looking for help
3: hmm. um I would say 10 percent is the environment I grew up in. Um, never letting that hinder me, but also realizing that made me the dog I was and had have the mentality I had and had the chip on my shoulder. I would say 40% is natural ability. I was just a super athlete when I was younger. Like basketball wasn't even my best sport. I was a football player. I played baseball. I ran track. I'd say 40% is natural ability, and I'd say 50% is hard work. I and mean, there's a lot of guys that are talented as fuck but don't work. Yeah. You know, so where are they going to go with that? Interesting. So I agree. I feel like, you know, obviously natural talent, <clears throat> t- you have to have natural talent. You know what I mean? Like you have to have some talent. But I mean, what are you going to do? I remember Kobe said like, what are you going to do with that talent now? Like how hard are you going to work? How much do you want it? And I feel like some people are very talented, but don't really want it. And then you can tell.
1: Yeah. And for you, Graham, if you're answering this as far as success in business and entrepreneurship, <laughs> what are the pieces you said? So you have natural, natural skills, skill. so innate, just like, you know, you're yeah. smart person uh, or hard work, hard work and then the environment that you grow up.
0: Oh, in. geez. I'd say probably 50% natural skill. Because you have to like really be into what you're doing. And like both of you, it seems like you it. were just yeah, you were born and so that gives you the ability to work hard, which I would say is probably another thirty percent. And work. then twenty percent twenty percent is the environment. But so I think hard work and and natural ability could could overrun your environment. Like it could out yeah, I agree. It, it could outweigh it could that. Be, it could be 50 could fifty fifty with this yeah. post too. Right. I agree. So that's what I think. What about you?
1: What do I think? Uh, as far as business, I'd probably say 50% hard work, 40% natural skill, and then 10%. Environment. That sounds like
2: my pie. And you know what? Right. You know what's, We all got the same circle around all our pies.
1: Yeah. There we go. Yeah. And I want to hear some hot takes. You guys have very, you know, not much time right now. If you guys were to say top three athletes to ever exist, top three
2: athletes to ever top exist. Athletes.
1: Yep. You know, what? actually, let's say like sure to ever exist. Yeah, let's say it. yeah.
2: For me, I'm going three. I'm three, right? I'm going Muhammad Ali, Serena Williams, Michael Jordan.
3: I'm gonna say LeBron James. Cause I'm a golfer, so I say Tiger. Okay.
1: Um, Tom Brady. Tom Brady. Uh, oh, yeah. Number
3: one. He's just in the mix.
1: Okay. So those are all.
3: That. Yeah.
0: Graham that's interesting I was I would say Tiger Kobe I don't know for a third though Um, uh, I'll just take the top two for now what about you Jack
1: I would say cliche but I say Bo Jackson oh good nice call there. Nice. I would say Michael Phelps mm. uh, and I would say uh, Michael Jordan I'm not oh, mad great
3: picks. and you gotta think too uh, I mean Mike you think Jordan, like yeah. Bo Jackson professional athlete in two real
0: sports any parting thoughts that you want to mentioned before we wrap up any advice to people watching any final thoughts that you want to get out there messages
2: no question is a dumb question okay that's just what i no question is a dumb question don't know something don't be afraid to ask i learned that as i got older and one thing about me i never listen to reply listen to understand what you're being told that's
1: interesting
3: i mean if you want it you got to work for it i think at the end of the day i think you know everyone sees the end product and thinks oh shit it should be easy but you know gets in the grind and, and they're not cut out for the grind so whatever you you know you're going to get it, get out whatever you put into it um you know people have to be serious about their craft and if you love it you got to put your all into it and manifest it and believe it and and and, and every day get better at it oh thank, thank you guys so much for really coming on nah, thanks for having yeah, us guys, man thanks for having
1: us man thanks for having us yeah. bro thanks for having us bro all right, until next time. With that time. said, you guys, thanks for watching. Until next
0: time. Uh, before I forget, I got to get it. A-